Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue, and we certainly appreciate you listening to Bible Crossfire. We don't take our audience for granted. We know this program really wouldn't be very much to speak of without the audience, the audience listening, the audience calling in and giving their comments or Bible questions. I think that's what, as I was telling people today, I think that's really what makes this program interesting is the interaction with the callers, the listeners. That's you, if you're listening. So as I'm pointing out, you're welcome to call in, as the announcer said, and let's talk about your Bible question or your Bible comment. Of course, uh, when we talk about Bible issues, the Bible is going to be the standard. I insist upon that. Whatever it says is going to be right, because God is inspired. Pat is not necessarily right. But the Bible, since it's God's Word, is right. It is the standard, and we insist upon that being the standard. And I think you do too, or you would not be listening to this program. Again, we appreciate you listening. That number again to call is 877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. We're talking about Bible issues you know that John 8:32 says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So as I say almost every program I guess probably beating a dead horse 2 plus 2 can't equal 4 and 5 at the same time. So when we're talking about the Bible religion and what the truth is two people teaching different things can't both be right and the Bible tells us what's right. Jay from Florida go ahead with your Bible question or comment please. Hi, Patrick. I love your show. I'm just calling because I have actually two questions for you. Um, I want to ask you the more important one first. Um, Okie dokie. Okay, hi. Um, Do the people that never heard the gospel, do they go to heaven or do they go to the bad place? Let me read you a couple of verses, Jay, and I'm going to let you answer the question. First, John 14, verse 6, Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the way the truth and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And then let me also read you what Jesus said in John eight twenty four. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Does that sound like it answers your question, Jay? Uh, it, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's so basically the people that never heard the gospel die in their sins. Does that mean that they go in a bad place? Yes, that's what that means. Eventually, at the judgment day, they will go to everlasting punishment. Now, there is a verse I'd like to keep uh, keep in mind here. In, in the Bible is full of statements like this, but Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. And a passage that I think of as saying something similar to that is Matthew 5, verse 6, which says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So, Jay, my point on these last two verses is, is that people who are truly seeking after God will find God. That's a guaranteed. Seek and you shall find. So it's not like, of course, we have a lot of Bible preaching in America, much more than, say, in China or in the dark jungles of Africa, we might say. But the Bible is guaranteed that if a person seeks God, then he'll find God. And that becomes the duty and responsibility of gospel preachers, and that is to go and preach the gospel 
where it needs to be preached so those who are seeking God will find God. And the guarantee is there. In Psalms 19, verse 1, the Bible says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. So I believe that passages like this in Romans 1, which is very similar, teach that a person, even if he's born in a society without the Bible being prevalent, he can tell from the creation that there's a God. And when he knows from the creation that there's a God, I like to put it in a simple way like this, Jay. If you look up and see the moon, you know there had to be something that created that moon. So you conclude, I think, that there's a God. If there's a God and he created us, then I have a responsibility toward that God. I need to seek God and find out what he wants me to do. So anybody in any country, I think, based upon the creation, could come to those conclusions and seek God out, and then he'll find it because he'll eventually meet up with somebody that teaches him the gospel. Oh, you follow okay. what well, I'm saying, Jay? Yeah, that's uh, reassuring. That's for sure. Can, can I piggyback a question on that? Yeah. Um, what about people that oh, yeah. died before Jesus Christ came about and walked on the earth? What about those people that didn't, you know, that were, you know, let's say characters in the Bible but never heard of Jesus Christ? Okay. In the Old Testament, it wasn't required that they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God as an accomplished fact, for example, because that had not happened yet. And so they had requirements they had to do to be saved. They had to believe in God himself, and they had to obey God. It's the same as, as now in the sense they had to trust and obey. But they did not have to believe in Jesus as the Christ. Christ had not come yet, and, and, um, and so they did not have to believe that. But I'm looking at Romans chapter 3, verse 25. It says, Whom God has set forth, talking about Christ, to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. What that passage is basically saying, Ray, Jay, if you examine the context, is that when Jesus died, his blood paid for the sins of all those who lived before him and all those who lived after him. So those people, if you look in the Old Testament, you'll see that they received forgiveness of sins back then. For example, in 2 Samuel 12, Jay, I'm sorry to be going so long, David, you'll remember, had sinned with Bathsheba. And then, in effect, he had had her husband murdered, in effect, to try to cover up his sin. Well, he was in that sin when Nathan confronted him in 2 Samuel 12, told him a little story about a man stealing the only sheep from a poor man, we might say. And then when Nathan said, that, 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 that dirty dog, basically, that's the way we'd say it in Alabama, Nathan said, thou art the man. And David said, I have sinned. And Nathan said, God hath put that sin away from you. He had forgiven David for his sin because David repented. How could he forgive David when he repented of his sins? Well, this passage in Romans 3 says it was based upon the blood of Christ. Jesus paid for that sin even though it was after David was forgiven, when Jesus, when the plan for Jesus to come and die on the cross for our sins was concocted, we might say, by God before the foundation of the world, it was just as good as done. And so God, according to this passage, could forgive sins based then, based upon the death of Christ, which was to come later, just like he can forgive, Jay, your sin and my sin today, even though we live some 2,000 years after the death of Christ. You follow me, Jay? Uh, yeah, I'm following you. Yeah, okay. That, that makes sense to me. So those people were 
the, those people were saved back then. They didn't necessarily have to meet the same conditions. As an example of something that comes up on this program a lot, those people back then uh, did not have to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. I'm looking at a passage, Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, that's past tense, thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So one thing we have to do in this dispensation, Jay, is we have to believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. But they couldn't believe that back then. They had to meet different conditions. Another thing that we have to do today is be baptized. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Back then, you'll never find baptism in the Old Testament. Adam, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Jacob, they could all be saved without being baptized because that was not a requirement for them. They had to trust and obey God, but some of the things they had to obey were different. For example, they had to do animal sacrifices. We don't. We have to be baptized. They didn't. But in either case, by trusting and obeying God, and I mean either testament, people could be saved by the death of Christ. Follow me, Jay? I'm following you. Okay, can I ask you, you a got question any follow up questions or comments? Yeah, actually, I'm sorry to take so much of your yes, time. You, yes, can you can, I ask Jay. You a follow up question on baptism. Um, now, I agree with you. Yes, that, you may, Jay. Um, I'd love to hear it. Okay, I agree with you that you need to be baptized, and I, I also agree it doesn't matter who baptizes you. But my question is, can you baptize yourself? Is it? I know it's not really um, said in the Bible, but is that a possibility? And if you can, what about like mm. having a video, of, you know, of a baptism, and then you follow the steps of the video? of the person uh, explaining the baptism to you. Would, would that be um, would that be something that um, God would, um, you know, look, uh, I don't know what's the word, uh, agree with? You know, Ray, Jay, I'm sorry, I keep calling you Ray. Oh, yeah, That's no, a very fine. unusual question. And I can't think of why you'd want to get into a situation of baptizing yourself. Because... In the Bible, there was always somebody there to baptize the baptismal candidate. And so it seems to me that you would always want to get somebody else to baptize you. But but having asked that question, and I've never even thought about it before, suppose you were on a desert island and you had a Bible and you read the Bible and found out what you needed to do to be saved, but you had no hope of ever getting off that island. You follow what I'm saying, Jay? Yeah, yeah. In, in, in that case... I don't see why it wouldn't be okay to baptize yourself. There's nobody else there. And after all, here's what Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, to be saved. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And that word baptized there could have just been translated immersed. Okay? And so a person needs to be immersed or baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, Acts 2, 38. And, and it doesn't really say there that a person, you have to be baptized by somebody else. So if a person gets baptized, he that believeth and is immersed for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38, he'll be saved. He'll receive the remission of sins. Then I'm suggesting, I, I don't think that there would be anything wrong with that if, if that's the only choice you had. 
that's a very unusual question, and I don't know why anybody would want to do that unless they were on a desert island and couldn't, didn't have any hope of getting off, and they wanted to be saved before they were, before they d- passed away. Yeah, well, my thought was is that let's say they saw it on TV, the gospel, or heard the gospel in a foreign country, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that there were no Christians around and nobody there to, mm-hmm. to assist them. I was wondering if that was, yeah. uh, you know, a possibility. There was a question last week, I believe, about 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and the conclusion of 1 Corinthians 1 is that really it doesn't make any difference who baptizes you. It's not... The, the, the baptizer is not what's important. It's you, if you believe in Christ and you want to be baptized to be saved by Christ, and that's the reason you're getting baptized, for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38. I believe 1 Corinthians one seventeen in the context there would teach it doesn't matter who baptizes you. Okay, Jay? Okay, all right. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I listen to two questions that have been uh, kind of bothering me, and I just wanted to, um, to hear the what you had to say about that. I really appreciate it. Jay, I tell you what, I'd love to talk to you more about the Bible. Can you send me an email at BibleCrossFire at email.com so we can talk more about the Bible offline? Okay, yeah, that would be great because I, um, I have another question or two, but um, I'm going to have to ask you, uh, I'm going to do it through email. Yeah, BibleCrossFire at email.com, okay? Okay, great. All right, thank you so much, Patrick. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Jay. Those were some good questions. Derek from Arkansas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, talking about baptism. You know, the thief on the cross beside Jesus, he didn't have a chance to be baptized. And Jesus told him, where I will go, you will be there also. So how I know baptism is important, but it's not a requirement to get to heaven, correct? It's just an outward showing of faith. Of the old person dying and you coming up as a new new person in Christ, is that correct? Derek, I want you to consider a passage like Hebrews nine sixteen and seventeen. There's an analogy being drawn here. I'm one of four brothers, four boys, and my parents made their will out in the 1970s, so they left their possessions equally to us four boys, and they made the will out in the 1970s, their last will and testament, as it's called officially. But we did not inherit that until first my dad passed away in 2001, then when my dad passed away, my mother passed away in 2010, then after that is when their possessions were divided among the four boys. Follow me so far? Yes, sir. Now, the, the writer of Hebrews is making a point about that, and he's saying that the New Testament of Jesus Christ works the same way. He says, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. And that's what I was saying. The, 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 the will or the testament that my parents made out, it, it didn't go into effect until the death of the testator, those who wrote it, my parents. You follow what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Then in verse 17 it says, for a testament is a force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So the writer here, in talking about what we think of as our last will and testament, he's making that same point in relation to the New Testament. And what he's saying is, this New Testament law that we have, the second part of our Bible, did not go into effect until after the death of the testator. Now, Derek, who would the testator be in this case? Jesus, right? 
Exactly. So the New Testament law, Derek, that requires baptism didn't go into effect until after Jesus died. During Jesus' lifetime, and, and did you hear me making the point a while ago about the people back in the Old Testament, they didn't have to believe past tense in the resurrection of Christ, what happened, hadn't even happened yet. Did you hear me making that point? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. And they didn't have to be baptized back in the Old Testament. That baptism is not even mentioned in the Old Testament. And, and the thief on the cross and Jesus, they lived under the Old Testament law because according to this text, the New Testament law, which does require baptism, didn't go into effect until after the death of the testator, Jesus Christ, the thief was forgiven while the Old Testament law was still in effect. That's why he didn't have to be baptized. Uh, Understand me? Yes, you, see, you. You, you see what I'm saying? Now, now we'll get back to your original question. After Jesus died, he was resurrected. He was on the earth for like 40 or 50 days after that, before he ascended up to heaven. Right before he ascended, that's when he gave the Great Commission. In Mark 16, 16 is one of the accounts of the Great Commission, where he says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's when Jesus started to say, Baptism is going to be required. And we find out that it really started, according to Luke 24, on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. And that's when Peter preached for the first time those that would be repent and be baptized for the remission of sins would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so that's when people first started having to be baptized for the remission of sins. You follow me, Derek? Yes, sir. And so now we're in this dispensation, the same dispensation, the Great Commission governs this dispensation. We do have to be baptized to be saved. The thief didn't. He was under a different law, but we do today. Makes total sense. Now, Derek, now, here's what I'd love for you to do. I just gave Jay my email address. I'd love to talk to you further about this via email so that we can talk to our heart's content. I only have 30 minutes on the air. Would that be okay with you? Can you send me an email? Yes, sir. BibleCrossfire at email.com. That's pretty simple. BibleCrossfire at email.com. Send me an email. Let's talk some more about this, okay? There's a lot of details that we could talk about that I don't have time for right now. Yes, sir. I appreciate your time, and I love listening to your show. Thank you, Derek. Thank you for listening. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Karen from Oregon, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes. I just tuned in here, and I only heard part about baptism, but as I disagree with you uh, completely that you baptized in order to be saved, um, and you talked about the Great Commission, so there is a Bible verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3, uh, verses 3 and 4. Right. Uh, which, yes, I'm sure you're familiar with that. I, I'm turning there right now. I'm, and, uh, go ahead with your point, Karen. I appreciate you calling in and uh, making your what you believe the Bible teaches and letting us know. Go ahead. Um, yes. Well, I, um, the thief on the cross was saved without being baptized. And um, the person beforehand made a comment about, how if you you were on a desert island, you were not around water. You were in a desert with people who believed that you didn't have access to water and immersion. I believe that um, God calls us to be baptized once we 
are saved and give our faith. But he says we are saved when we believe the gospel, the good news. That's our salvation, the free gift. Now, if we have to add baptism... Do you know a place we ever... Karen, do you know, and the key word in your sentence there is the word, hold on, Karen, if you don't mind. The key word I want to underscore is you said a person is saved when they believe. Do you know of any passage in in the New Testament that teaches a person is saved when they believe? I don't know of one. Yes, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. No, whosoever believes on Him shall be saved. Okay, that teaches a person has to believe to be saved, but it doesn't say he's saved when he believed. Let me read to you a text and see what you think, Karen. Can you read First Corinthians? Well, let me ask you this uh, question. Can I ask a question first? Yeah, First Corinthians fifteen. Yes, First Corinthians fifteen. I'm there. Would you mind reading? For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that's the gospel. If we believe that's verse three and four. If we believe that he sacrificed himself for our sins, and he did all that for us, and we believe that and by faith, um, which is what the thief on the cross knew who Jesus was. And he didn't have a chance mm-hmm. to be baptized. And he, yeah, he, now the criteria should mm-hmm. be consistent for everybody. If he didn't have, to, and he wasn't, he mm-hmm. didn't have access to water. And not everybody would have access to water. Karen? Mm-hmm. But Karen, we, we just showed the previous caller, Derek, from Hebrews nine sixteen and 17, that the thief on the cross lived under the dispensation, the Old Testament dispensation, when baptism was not required for salvation. That's why he didn't have to be baptized. But we live under the dispensation governed by the Great Commission, we might say. which we're, And that says, Jesus said in Mark sixteen sixteen, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And then Peter on the day of Pentecost said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So in this dispensation, the texts are clear, Karen, that a person... That a person does have to be baptized to be saved. The texts are clear. You're kind of breaking up, Karen, so I'm going to let you go because I can't make out all the words you're saying. But I hope you'll listen uh, on the radio. Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, either Jesus was lying or a person has to be baptized to be saved. That's the only two choices there. Peter said in Acts 2.38, and we just read this, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, was Peter telling the truth? Not only does that teach you got to be baptized to get the remission of sins, it teaches that you got to be baptized for that reason. Meaning, if a person is baptized because they think they're already saved, then they're not getting baptized for the remission of sins. They won't get the remission of sins. Now, Karen said that a person is saved when he believes. The Bible never says that. Underscore the word when. As a matter of fact, we brought out in the last two or three weeks a couple of times that Saul of Tarsus believed on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9. The Lord appeared to him, told him who he was. Saul believed, said, what we have me to do? So he believed on the road to Damascus. He was told to go into the city, and there he'd be told what to do. He's in the city at least three days later, 
And Ananias tells Saul in Acts 22.16, and now why tarriest thou? That's a fancy way of saying the way we'd say it in Alabama is what you're waiting on. Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So Saul believed on the road to Damascus. Was he saved when he believed? No. Three days later, Ananias is telling him to do something to get his sins washed away. So he wasn't saved when he believed. He wasn't forgiven of his sins until he was baptized at least three days later after he believed. And First Peter chapter 3, verse 21 says that baptism doth also now save us. That doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that baptism earns our salvation. No, the blood of Christ, the death of Christ does that. What it means is that you have to be baptized to be saved. Jesus said in John 3, verse 5, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter to the kingdom of God. So a man has to be born of water, baptized in water, or he cannot be saved. Send me an email, and we'll talk about this further. Or if you want a free Bible correspondence course through the mail, BibleCrossfire at email.com.